Well, I want to invite you guys to my studio. This is where I do a lot of the magic. This is, this is where it happens. This is one of my uh, puppets that's going to be in the um, home for the headaches video coming out hopefully next week. Awesome. And yeah, we have four life-size puppets that we're using at the dinner table. That's my family. Oh, wow. That's cool. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. Very awesome. It, hopefully it's awesome. It just might be plain sick. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Beers Per Minute. I'm your host, Mick Pettit. With me as always, Devin Lopez, that way. Hi. And very special guest with us, Spud Davenport. Hello. How are you, friend? Doing well. Yeah, once we get through the uh, muck and mire of the uh, technology, uh, everything's good. Yeah, technology sucks sometimes. Yeah, Yeah, keeps us on our toes, I guess. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, we had some difficulties for sure, but we're all together now, and that's what matters. That is what exactly. <laughs> matters the most. So and where my bottle opener is. Oh, okay. Um, Spud, you're a musician, right? Yes, I am. Okay. Um, so I got to say, you know, just starting out the interview a little bit, is Spud uh, your Christian God-given name? <laughs> like... Uh, oh. God, no. Okay. <laughs> my, my mother would never name her little baby Spud. Okay. It's a just stage one, name. Okay. I just wanted to make sure, you know, if it was, you know, no judgment here. So and a lot of people don't get the joke, but if you think about the two words, they mean something else. Oh my gosh. Now I'm gonna... There you go. Hit you with a puzzle. <laughs> I'm just going to spend the rest of the interview thinking about it, I guess. Okay. Well, maybe we'll uh, I'll solve it for you at the end. Yeah, that's the it will be for the listeners to think about and then be solved at the end. Right. <laughs> Interactive portion. Just call in now. <laughs> hey, we're planning on doing that at some point. <laughs> so what what got you into playing music? What was like your biggest influence? Uh, as a kid, probably Phil Collins because he was a singing drummer. I dug that guy. And uh, yeah, just. Um, just loved uh, bashing the crap out of drums. And number one, I guess that was how I got through my, you know, teen years and all that. Got rid of my angst, just bashing away. And uh, I got into songwriting along the way and then singing. And so it was just kind of just a process. Gotcha. So, um, but I've always loved um, songwriters that were what i what i call uh doing rock satire okay and i know satire is just a weird word for people and they just look at it different ways like a lot of people think satire is a weird al mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. that is a part of satire but that's parody right i'm more into the sarcasm cynicism irony and humor of satire you know, the tongue in cheek stuff that bands everywhere from, you know, Rolling Stones and the Kinks through the Offspring and System of a Down, some of my favorite bands, you know, it's just, they're all right there with that tongue firmly in cheek and rocking it out. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. I, uh, 
I enjoyed that. You know, I enjoy that type of music. I enjoy that. Uh, it's it's funny, but it's also like it isn't isn't a parody. You know, parody can get old and unenjoyable. Listen to it's a one time listen and novelty like. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So yours, uh, your music style definitely has some staying power, especially as those bands that you mentioned, you know, have stayed around like those are very recognized bands. So, yeah, yeah. And it's, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a different thing to do um, novelty or, or parody, which, you know, I don't, I don't begrudge anybody doing that. I mean, I'm not a big weird Al fan, but you know, he's funny and that's cool. And you got to have fun in rock and roll. I mean, period. Uh, Absolutely. If, if rock and roll is not fun to me, it's not rock and roll. It's just plain and simple. So I agree. Yeah. I just, uh, I did, I did just to full disclosure here. I okay. do have one song on the new album that I would call parody. And it's my own take on a Van Halen song, Hot for Teacher. Oh, man. Oh, oh. I'm excited. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I want to hear that one. <laughs> and it's nothing like the original. Okay. Awesome. Zero. In fact, I'm not even playing drums and I'm a drummer. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Man, really wet my appetite for that one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's as close to parody as I get. Okay. Um. So you talked about your musical influences. Uh, is there any, um, like you said you you grew up playing drums? Like, are there any other drummers other than Phil Collins that you really like respect or you know look up to? I don't. Oh yeah, tons. Of course, you know John Bonham, Led Zeppelin. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Bill Bruford. I was, God, as a kid, I was a big prog junkie. I was oh, just, yeah. <laughs> I was just all, you know, I mean, Phil Collins in early Genesis, of mm-hmm. course. Oh, yeah. Um, Bill Bruford, King Crimson, Gentle Giant, a lot of that stuff. So, yeah. I'm Gentle Giant sure. is all time favorite. Oh, good. Good. Good musical taste there. Yeah. I'm probably showing my age a little bit, but hopefully younger people get into that stuff because. It is some of the most amazing rock and roll made, you know. Um, and I, I don't like to call it math rock because I don't think it really is, especially somebody like General Giant. I mean, there's a lot of math involved, but mm-hmm. my God, they did it with so much soul. And uh, oh, uh, so John good. Weathers, the drummer, just really kept that whole thing in like just such a fun groove. And if it was funky or just rocking along, and all these guys are going nutty on top of it. I mean, I love that stuff. That's just, that's just. And there's so many layers to it. I actually just the other day listened to the whole uh, Freehand album. I got it out of a, it was a garage sale or something, just to picked it and said, this looks cool. And amazing. Love that album. <laughs> and if you listen to every little layer that they put in there, it's basically they're just doing row, row, your, row your boat. That's what they're doing. But it does it so well that it just layers everything perfectly. Yeah, and then their transitions row, and everything. Oh, your boat. That's very mm-hmm. observant. Yeah, they do a lot of that throughout the years. You know. Um, yeah, it's it's pretty killer. I saw them a couple times when I was a kid. Oh, cool. Yeah, oh, very cool. That's awesome. Right. And then the lead singer, Derek Shulman, went on to uh be a an AR man for one of the major labels, I think Warner Brothers or something. He sold oh. he he signed a bunch of bands. A lot of people don't know that of him which is so contrary to being a prog rock guy. And then you go and you sign a kingdom come and Bon Jovi and all these bands. It's like, really? Okay. Huh. 
<laughs> oh, he's had two lives. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so yeah, I I uh I also have uh some I mean I really dig some of the newer drummers and you know, I mean uh if you're if you're hip to drummers, um Josh Freeze is just tearing it up, that guy, because he plays with almost everybody right now. <laughs> oh yeah. He was on tour with the offspring because their drummer has some uh was like right after the pandemic and the drummer had some sort of uh physical uh immunity uh problem so he couldn't go on the road and so josh freeze got in josh freeze was 19 years old when he uh went into a studio with a band called suicidal tendencies okay and laid down the drums on the art of rebellion one of my favorite records and that that guy just kills it so man let me just tell you what he's been doing lately just i know this is my interview but i'll give a little shout out to absolutely <laughs> besides filling in for the drummer with uh, the offspring um he did a tour with devo and he did a tour with danny elfman from oingo boingo like all mm. in the last year it's just wow. nuts how like so yeah, that's for anybody out there that's listening that digs drummers, check that guy out. Follow him because he's having a hell of a life. Seriously, yeah. <laughs> um I are there any like bands that you've played with that you like I mean, I we know the bands that you've played with and we've kind of mentioned them. Um but maybe what are they? Are there any other bands that you've played with over your years of playing music that you really enjoyed or were you know marked yeah i had a i had a band in los angeles um and one of our songs a song i wrote got in a a movie back in the early 80s called uh class okay um it was with jacqueline Bissett and andrew mccarthy and rob lowe it's kind of a funny movie but okay got oh. a song in there i still make a few pennies to this day for that <laughs> cool uh, that was with a band i was in called toy music in los angeles okay and um, 2015, more recently, I did an album with my uh, longtime buddy, Charlie Rexick, a band called Leaders in the Clubhouse. And we've had some music placed in movies and uh, got a lot of terrestrial radio airplay on that album. We put out, out an album called One. So you might have to bleep this, but a couple of the singles were These Goddamn Devices, because we were just dealing with that a little short while ago. right yeah and uh and the story of a one night stand that wouldn't end called she gets loud absolutely mm -hmm. yep we've we've listened to that one that one a couple yep. times i feel like oh good have you seen the <laughs> like video? that was the introduction no there's i oh, haven't huh. seen the video oh my god check out the video it was done by a, a lady friend of ours who's a japanese artist and uh yeah so it's, it's all we're all um fun bunnies cartoon okay. bunnies and uh Oh yeah, Very it's all cool. animated. It's it's killer. Definitely have to check cool. that out. Check that out. And uh Leaders in the Clubhouse have a, a video called Lawn Chairs. That's uh how we closed the one album. That's our debut album one, but it's spelled W O N. Got it. And the uh yeah, Lawn Chairs is all about what would you do if the end of the world was upon us? And I, we chose to party. <laughs> so that's the song. Yeah, I like the vibe. I like the vibe of uh, Leaders in Clubhouse. Absolutely. Like they they have a very cool vibe. I, I would love to see you guys in concert. Nice. Mm -hmm. yeah. 
Um, yeah, hopefully it, in another year or so we'll we'll do another record and very cool. Oh, sweet. Yeah, but then we'll definitely have to check you out then. Nice. Actually, come yeah. maybe we'll make a trip down. <laughs> or Pacific Northwest is one of the places we would go in the first place. So oh heck oh, yeah. yeah yeah yeah. Tight. Let's do a tour. Let's follow you down. That's right. <laughs> the whole West Coast. <laughs> Um, well, this is kind of a good segue then of what is probably your favorite song that you've written and then maybe why. Wow. It, I know it's a tough one, especially when you have kind of a, a large it, uh, discography to choose from. So, yeah. And, you know, like a lot of artists and songwriters will say, you know, my 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 favorite baby is my last one, my mm -hmm. most recent one. So that's kind of right. how I feel about it. Um, one that I really dig, which was one of the last ones I finished for this record uh, that's coming out in January, Songs for the Cynical. Uh, mm -hmm. it, it's, it, it was a track that I just bashed out with my buddy Andy, who owns the recording studio that I work at. And, uh, and we bashed it out. And it was just kind of like, kind of a parody uh, in a way, because we we're just trying to do this grunge thing. This big okay. I was playing Dave Grohl and he was going, you know, serious Kurt Cobain or whoever you want to think of back then, you know, guys in Pearl Jam. We were just bashing out this thing. And then uh, a few years later, you know, and I'm, I'm getting back to this record, I got the idea of doing it like kind of a love song. And it comes down to where I, I just I call it uh, a song about lost grunge love. And it's called Roommates. And if you ever wanted to play that, that would be the segue. But <laughs> Okay. Good All right. <laughs> and we'll throw it in. <laughs> the album's totally clean, just so you know. It's cool. totally clean. Um, but yeah, Roommates is uh, one I'm really proud of just because it, it it just, it was something I was going to throw away and it turned out to be a real rock and funny tune. Very cool. That's awesome. So you, you saved it. You saved it, basically. Yeah. Oh, yeah. If you look at my studio, I don't throw anything away. <laughs> <laughs> it's like this half of mine part you don't see <laughs> right on yours looks very clean oh that's just because the back wall everything else on this side is just trash Trust he knows pretty bad <laughs> yeah he knows <laughs> i should try that um so you've been touring uh i mean how long have you been playing music live like um ever since i was probably 15 years old okay so number of yeah. years um I know that you probably have some really good stories of touring. Like, is there any, what's like the weirdest thing that's happened to you or something funny that's happened when you were playing live or anything like that? You're Do you have anything like good that? Good question. <laughs> um, I've been listening to you, your music for a lot over the past couple of weeks. So I've just been ruminating these questions oh, cool. in my head. So awesome. I'm totally not looking from a list at all. <laughs> I wrote it down because I forget, but they've been in yeah. my head. <laughs> no, I like that though. You, you got to keep your uh, interviewees on uh, mm -hmm. on their toes. Yeah. Uh, let's let me think real quick. Well, you know, there's some funny stories just because I lived in Hollywood for 11 years, and I just I hung out with so many knuckleheads. And <laughs> one really funny story. I mean, I guess it's not as funny if you weren't there, but. Um, a good friend of mine that I grew up with ended up 
moving to Los Angeles a couple of years before I did because he uh, had studied engineering and he went to Sunset Sound Studios in Hollywood and started working on a lot of projects with people. Well, he was right away working on uh, uh, early Van Halen records and he did prints and all that great stuff of the early 80s. And so anyway, I'm, I'm hanging with Terry. That's my buddy. And we were at the Troubadour, um, which is a, a club there in West Hollywood. And in comes Diamond Dave, David Lee Roth comes in. He says, oh, Terry, how's it going? He introduces me and, and he sits down and he doesn't, he doesn't say, what will you have? He just tells the, the bartender, three martinis right here. So, <laughs> and I hate gin, but you know, when David Lee Roth says, you're going to drink gin, you just do it. You know, so you just want to yeah. So that was kind of a crazy situation. Oh, and, man. Yeah, there's just some funny stories like that through the years. Um, just trying to think of people that you guys would know. Um, oh, here's, okay. Uh, how about this? You're familiar with Faith No More. Oh, hmm? yeah. Well, Mike Borden was from my neighborhood and I was his first and probably only drum teacher. Oh, wow. Oh, cool. <laughs> so that happened. That's wow. cool. Yeah. He's, he's a really good kid. He, he was a uh, type of student that I would give him something to work on, you know, or several things to work on. And he would come back the next day and say, more, please. Oh, oh man. So very talented. Also, uh, yeah, you've, you've taught. Okay. Yeah, very cool. hardworking kid. So, so, yeah. so you taught drums as well? Yeah, I did for a short period of time um, before I moved out of my folks' house. Um, and uh, I didn't like it. <laughs> you know, I mean, I had the extremes of like Mike Borden, who was, you know, such a workaholic and so into it that he worked all the time on it. And then I had these other little kids that didn't even want to do it. They're just doing it because mom or dad brought them over and they're saying, do it, you know? And mm. So, you know, I had the, the whole, I don't know. Teaching's not for me. I, you know, my dad was a teacher all his life and um, he and I couldn't be further from <laughs> yeah. The polars, whatever the expression is. Right. Well, uh, so, teaching somebody is really hard too, especially when you know what you're doing and how to do it. It's like just 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 do it this way. Let me do it. I'll show you. <laughs> my uh, I I dropped a, I run into that same thing with my daughter trying to teach her with guitar and stuff like that, and she just she's too frustrated with it and just like no, you just have to slow down and I have to stop myself to be like just give it to me. <laughs> right. Oh, there's a lot of discipline to teaching. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's just not my thing. And kids are not mm -hmm. my thing either, because my wife and I decided, you know, long time ago, we're childless by choice. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's just it. So, you know, if I was more of a kid person, maybe teaching would just kind of mesh and work. But I I I, I couldn't be further away from kids if, you know, if I was a mile away. You have to feel it. You have to have that passion. <laughs> right. For sure. For sure. <laughs> Your passion's better. <laughs> hey, I, I would like to grab another beer if I may. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, Go right ahead, sir. I actually have a little, little specialty beer here that I'm going to mix up here. Oh. 
I saw I I know I saw a little little blue label there. How was my word? It's pretty good actually. How's my track record there with with beers here? Pretty good. It's pretty good. Yeah, I'm enjoying it. It's not super bitter. It's like warming. It's pretty drinkable. Doesn't taste like it's eight three. Is it eight three? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yup. I love. I think this is a great segue into beer talk. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So what are you guys drinking right now? So go ahead. You go ahead. Oh, no, you okay. can so the, about two episodes now, uh, Mick has been talking about this Elysian Bifrost winter ale. And I have not picked it up yet. Um, just because I normally don't. I like to just find my own things. But um, I tried it and it's very, very tasty. It's a it's a pale ale, but it's it's a little bitter, but it's very smooth also like it's not too bitter um and apparently it's 8.3 percent which is kind of wild because it doesn't taste like that but yeah yeah, yeah. So those are dangerous beers <laughs> yeah and i of course am following soup with the same thing because it's delicious but then i also bought uh we had uh, our last guest he's over in france was telling us about this really cool mixture of a, a hefeweizen and a real coca-cola and so I got both of those to try it. You do half and half. So we'll see how it tastes. He called, and it was a spicy beer. I think is what he called it. Something I, I wrote it down. I, I can't remember exactly. It genuinely might have been that. I think it was. Yeah, I think it was spicy beer. Was it okay? Yeah, but it has to be the uh, the real sugar Coca Cola. Otherwise, it doesn't work. Um, okay, now you guys named uh, uh, a brand there, which in my world is not really a craft beer company. I, I'm just mm-hmm. I get that. Yep. You, I mean, when we're talking beer, you, I'm sorry, but you just met one of the biggest beer snobs around. <laughs> and it's not because I live around the, the corner, literally from Stone Brewery that I do. <laughs> Oh man, <laughs> I wish I was that close. <laughs> They're delicious. Um, yeah, I'm have delicious. I'm having a uh, double IPA delicious right here. Oh, that does look tasty. That's ooh, I like the font on that too. Yeah. Ooh, what what's the uh, ABV on that one? Oh goodness gracious, I don't know if I want to know. <laughs> It's probably nine around there. These guys don't monkey around. No. I think the, um, was it the, it's either the arrogant bastard or the double bastard is, I forget which one's my favorite, but I think it was the double bastard. That one's really good. The label just is kind of sucky for them because I can't read it, but maybe they don't want you to read it. Yeah, that's okay. You just you just drink it, you know. Don't don't worry about it. It's one of those. Yeah, don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's a it's a kind of a, a craft beer capital here in San Diego, and um, I don't know. I just I've been all over it, like with both hands and both feet for twenty <laughs> years now. Um, what do you tend to drink normally when it comes to beer? I mean, like, what is your uh, go to style? Well, I'm I'm a hop head for sure. Okay. Yeah, I like hops. I like, um, I like yeah, you know, Mosaic and Nelson and 
some of the stuff that I just, you know, you could put that in Coca-Cola and I would love it. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I mean, I like a lot of different kinds of beers. Uh, I used to uh, brew with a buddy. We used to do some brewing, but unfortunately uh, he liked the beer too much and had to give it up. And mm. uh, you can't, you can't start a brewery with a brewmeister that has a drinking problem. That's just no. the rule of the land for some yeah. reason. It just doesn't work out. Mm-hmm. But we did a killer mango Hefeweizen. That oh, was man. like eight and a half percent. And it, Whoa, for a half? Yeah. Wow, that's way up there. They're usually I know. way low. And, <sighs> and, and people used to call it the date rape beer. <laughs> Because it's delicious, and you just don't know it's that strong. Hmm. That exactly. Pops you up. Man. That does sound tasty. Um, uh, I mean, I'd, I'd love to uh, get a peek at a recipe if you if you do have one. <laughs> well, let me see what I could do on that, because uh, he doesn't have any reason to hold these things back. He's He can't brew anymore. So right. Mm. And I've been trying to get the, the other guys here to actually sit down and brew some beer with me. The, him and the other co-hosts have, have never done it. So never done it. No. One, working one on, two. But. We're working on a, a beers per minute beer. That's yeah, my goal. Yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of work, but it's a lot of fun. Yeah, mm. yeah totally. And it's just been like the culture here for so long. Obviously, you know, everything kind of slowed down with the pandemic and the da 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 da, and a lot of these places. We were just. I say we, San Diego was just so oversaturated with nano breweries and microbreweries and blah, blah, blah. And, uh, you know, not everybody survived, of course. And, mm. uh, and it, it seemed like that was going to happen. But, you know, of course, we didn't see a pandemic happening. So right. <laughs> that kind of thinned the herd really quick. Right. You know? But, you um, know, we've, we've got, we've got the big, what I call the big three, you know, Ale Smith, Stone, and uh, Ballast Point still right. going strong. So, Ale Smith, I don't think I've had anything from Ale Smith that I know of. Yeah, they were early on too with Stone mm-hmm. and Ballast Point. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I don't think I've even seen them like around. I'm, hmm. You have to look. And I, I highly recommend uh, Modern Times if you can get a hold of some Modern Times. It's a killer brewery. Okay. Okay. You open yeah. a tab there? Yes, I'm open a tab. <laughs> <laughs> right down. Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a good one. Uh, yeah, so uh, you've got a few good breweries up there. I'm trying to think what's up there around Seattle. I have been, not been up there for so long. Oh, man. What do we have up in Seattle? I mean, Elysian is probably the biggest one out of Seattle for but they're more mainstream i think but yeah the for micro things um i mean i kind of give love to old raymond here wild man brewing they do oh, yeah. some amazing stuff yeah they're little local guys that started 2019 and they made it through the pandemic and they are wow. just hauling they have a whole another location in olympia and they have uh, they do beer and mead and they do some wines as too as well um, but like their their biggest thing is their destitute IPA, which was their staple that they started with, mm. and that one was around nine percent or so. But it just delicious, delicious IPAs. Cool, very cool. Do they have distribution outside of the area? Yeah, they're starting to get that. Okay. Mm-hmm. 
Well, when they do, put it on my radar. I'd love oh, to definitely. Okay. I mean, I'm, I might be able to hook you up with some with some stuff. I was just gonna say, I'm like, yeah, I, I, I we can hook like you up with some things. A sampler down to Spud, like. That. Yeah, we'll we'll can, give you a little wild pack. Beers? I think we can. <laughs> yeah, I you can un, under certain things. I think there has to be like has to be fragile and like labeled and all that. But yeah, put in the nice styrofoam whatnots that mm-hmm. are gonna get. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah, we'll, we'll right. send you a little, little, little bimp basket. Well, I'll do the same because you might not be able to get some of the stuff up there that I so so love. So that would be amazing. Yeah, then we could talk about it on the show and everything. And- sure, absolutely. You have more reason to have me back. <laughs> oh, of course. I mean, we already have more than enough reason. <laughs> um. So I guess you know what is what, what? What do you drink at shows like? Do you have any like specific like ritual drink that you drink or something? Uh, at a show, I'm gonna do more like a rum and or uh, like a like a bourbon and coke or something, because hmm. uh, because beer just mellows me out, and I really can't drink beer at a show. Um, I need to stay up. I need to have the brain functioning. Yeah, I need to remember <laughs> lyrics. <laughs> beer is really not good for remembering lyrics no. something about it oh. oh man see i have the opposite effect yeah yeah like hard liquor makes me forget what like how to play guitar <laughs> like i just can't my fingers don't work how but, it, but it's the added coca-cola not even that much oh yeah i guess there is that because i i'm not a i'm not really a mixer <laughs> you can't just shot, a whole fifth you know well i mean that's the cheat is I use the Coca-Cola. <laughs> that is that pro tip. <laughs> uh, yeah, but I mean, for most musicians, the best thing to do is not drink at all except water. And then when you're done. Right. You know, go crazy. Tear it up. <laughs> Tear it up. Yep. There's just too much on the line. And and I hate sloppy shows. So and yeah. I've been to a few of those. There's been the guitarist or somebody was just too trashed and like, yeah. well, that sucked. He's ruined it for everybody. <laughs> yep. That's what it comes down to. Yep. Because when it hits them is it's always like their most famous song or the song that everybody wants to hear <laughs> every single time. Yeah. Now, I was actually thinking about your, your tour, you know, you for the next tour you're coming, like we could probably hook you up with wild man too in Olympia out there. Cause they have a nice awesome. venue. So. Oh really? Yeah. They have a, like a stage in the whole deal. Yeah. Yeah. We actually just did a, a little event there uh, a couple weeks ago. So it's all warmed up and ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> all right. That's good to know. Um, well, songs for the cynical, this is your new album coming out uh, yes. late January, right? Correct. Is but, there. Okay. But coincidentally, Wait, let me ask you, when is this show airing? So this is coming out on Wednesday. Okay. So everybody knows that it's pre-recorded, right? It's not yes. a, it's not yeah. a surprise to the okay. No. So today being Friday night, and that's why we're drinking like monkeys. Exactly. Um the uh the first single, Home for the Headaches, dropped today. Today. Yes. Today it is available for people to spend their 99 cents and put it on their phone and get it on Spotify and whatnot. It's awesome. All there. Sweet. So that's, the, 
I had to get it in for the holidays because it's kind of a holiday song. It is. It is. <laughs> um, talking about the worst part of the holidays. So, yeah, everybody else. It, it can be the worst part. <laughs> yeah, I mean, depending on your family. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And we both have that kind of family. <laughs> yeah, that, that was inspired for, by my family through the Trump years. So no got same. it. <laughs> OK. <laughs> um, well, you know, we, we love uh, we loved Home for the Headaches. That was uh, that was a great song. Um, mm-hmm. Song. Well, I'm the sorry, which one? Home for the Headache. Oh, Home for the Headaches. OK, cool. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Thank uh, you. Song for the Cynical. Is there any other like information you can give us about it? Like any, I don't know. I mean, well, okay. Uh, we, the, we know that there's a hot for teacher parody, but not necessarily a parody. So got that. Little. Well, it, the listener will be the judge of that. Right. <laughs> uh, the first song on the, on the record, it's, it's just a 75 second little thing that I made. I, 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 wrote it and recorded it because I kind of wanted it to be uh, the intro of some sitcom and maybe I'll finally get there with it, but it just seemed like a perfect track to open the record. It's called uh, come inside. And it's just talking about how crazy the world is. And all you got to do is come inside here. And that means come inside the record, you know, put the headphones on, get inside this record and just escape for 42 minutes, you know, excuse me. And uh, I spent a little bit of money on uh, Fiverr because I found this really cool animation artist and he did a 45 second um, or what is it? 75 second video for this tune. And it, it's really awesome. So if you guys haven't seen it, I'll send you a link. OK, definitely. Um, but it's it's called Come Inside. I think it's searchable come inside and uh spud davenport and it's yeah it's uh it's me as a superhero comic character awesome just i'm trying to save the world so that's kind of the theme of the record jacket and the whole thing okay awesome that's actually the picture i put uh during the ad in the last episode so on youtube that's what people will see if you're just standing there all stoically (laughs) it's a great picture yeah it's great Yeah, so uh, so that's going on there, and then the second uh, single that's coming up in January is uh, "Enjoy Every Sandwich," and that's okay. kind of a, an uplifting song for me. Um, there's not a whole lot of well, there's a little bit of moroseness, if that's a term, uh, but but there's a lot. There's a good moral at the end of the story. It's just like whatever's going on, just you know, count your blessings and enjoy every sandwich. I got that idea from one of my songwriting heroes, Warren Zevon. I don't know if you guys know of Warren Zevon, but um, I don't think so. I definitely probably best known for Werewolves in London. Oh, that's Warren Zevon. Mm -hmm. Okay, he was was big in the seventies, and uh, he was a very much a a rock satirist. And uh, he was dying from. mesothelioma or however you pronounce mm. it and uh, he's good friends with david latterman and one of his well his last uh recorded uh, visit to letterman's late night show 
Dave asked him, you know, well, going through all this cancer and everything, like what, what have you learned? And he thought about it for a second. Warren said, enjoy every sandwich. And so I took that and ran with it. And you created a whole song about just enjoying life, you know, appreciate it. Yep. Which is rare for me, but (laughs) the first time for everything. Ah, that's awesome. I can't wait to hear it. Yeah. So that's all on the record. So yeah, hopefully I'll get this thing out there. I, I've been hitting the radio stations and uh, reviewers and influencers and all that stuff like crazy. And I got a couple more months to pump it so that people feel like, Oh, I'm, I'm getting a scoop <laughs> because uh, the last album, Charlie and I did the leaders album. You know, we released it and then we contacted all these people and we got so much response from people going, well, why do I want to, it's already released. What does it mean to me? I'm not breaking any news. I'm not, Mm. I'm not discovering anything. It was like a kick in the head. Said, wow, I never looked at it that way, but I see your point. Mm. (laughs) So. They want to discover it. They want to find that, the new hot one. So. Yeah. 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 So that's, that's what I'm in the, uh, in the process of doing letting everybody discover it on their own so here's a question for you as a as a musician um i guess it was uh slipknot's drummer actually just said this recently in an interview of that they're not going to be working on like albums anymore it's just going to be singles because they feel like that's where the future of music is is singles how do you feel about that what's your opinion well they're not necessarily wrong it's it's um it's a different market. Um, and it's probably like they're thinking it's, it's the market that will take over the old market of the listening experience of a whole album. Mm. Um, because, you know, let's face it. Uh, the, the uh, attention span of the average human being is about three seconds. It's just ridiculous. Mm -hmm. So for anybody to even put up with, and I say put up, you know, in quotes, put up with uh, a three minute song. It's like amazing, fantastic. But what about a 45 minute album? Now you're asking a lot of somebody to have the attention span to go that long. So, yeah, you, you're, you know, if you're rolling the dice, you go, yeah, you know what? I, I'll roll my dice with a three minute song rather than a 45 minute album. And mm-hmm. I could probably have better results. So... <laughs> Because you look at the effort you put into a whole album, you know, 10 songs, eight songs, whatever, and maybe only three of them are singles. Those are the ones that can get the notoriety. Those are the people that they're going to sell. That's what people want to hear. So why not just focus on those and put your effort into these three or four awesome songs instead of the whole album like that? Exactly. Yeah. Very good point. And and save money, not recording stuff that nobody's going to listen to anyway, if they're mm-hmm. not buying albums. Yeah. So if they're not buying albums, then they'll never listen to those other, you know, 10 songs or whatever. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's, that's really an interesting thing. I I don't know. Um, How sad is it, you know, how sad is it that, that the human race has gotten to that point where we don't appreciate that artistry in the entire album? You know, we're, we're losing albums that tell a story from beginning to end that are in a continuous flow and, yeah. How sad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it is a sad thing because I grew up with that, you know, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm a old enough to 
have the the vinyl in my hands with the album jacket and the lyrics printed right on the album jacket and you know maybe there's a poster in it and all this shit you're not going to get with a cd right and you're not going to get with an mp3 no not at all (laughs) there's nothing tangible there so yeah it's it's kind of a drag but i must say that there was a poll done last year I don't know if it had anything to do with the uh, pandemic, but CD sales were up. Interesting. So, yeah. So I don't know why. I know vinyl's been going up mm-hmm. because a lot of people are, you know, getting all audiophile and they, you know, it's it's kind of a trendy thing, I guess. Uh, yeah. It comes and goes. But, um, you know, it's, uh, whatever your collection is built on. I mean, myself, I have a ton of vinyl and even more CDs just because I wasn't going to invest in CDs or rather vinyl since like what 85 on because that was the player I had, you know, it's it's all about players. And, Mm -hmm. and now when it comes down to the only player you have is in your cell phone, then that really limits everything else. And therefore and there goes the experience of an album because you're not listening to an album on your phone. Yeah. No, you don't get the full clarity. You don't get the whole experience of what they wanted you to hear. Nor will you have that, that solace and that, that space to listen to that without being interrupted by a damn text or a, a blip <laughs> and a like and a this and a that. So, Yeah. And it always happens in the breakdown too. It's like right when you're getting into it and then <laughs> and the music goes down low and back up. Yep. Thank burst you. your eardrums out. Yeah. <laughs> you so know, that's why, you know, I mean, real music lovers have to get back to some other device outside of their phone mm-hmm. with the headphones. Yep. Yeah. The only phone should be headphones. <laughs> well, yes. I mean, I love vinyl because I, I love that it's purposeful music listening. You know, you sit down and you're listening to music. That's something that you're choosing to do and choosing awesome. to partake of that. Yep. But, um, you know, it has been interesting. A lot of the bands I've been going to see, they've been doing vinyl at the concerts um, and selling them there. And man, that does not sound like it's a... I haven't bought any at the concerts. I bought them elsewhere, but uh, that does not sound like a very fun experience to be in a concert, you know, in a mosh pit holding a, uh, an a LP across your chest. I don't, I've seen a couple of people do that. And I'm like, man, I would not be doing that with my new vinyl. Well, maybe <sighs> you would buy it after the show. Not they before. are gone at that point. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? I, yeah. Wow. That's, that's been my problem is I'm like, I would like to buy it afterwards, but there's nothing there afterwards. There's no yeah, vinyl. Kind of I'm like funky situation. Man, everybody buys it and just hangs on to it before. Right. Wow. Just to, just to get it and take it to your car. Yeah. Right. right. <laughs> if you can and get that, in and out. That's right. a real pro move. And then hopefully you got the stamp so you can get back in. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. You know, I mean, CDs were just as fragile with those jewel cases so mm-hmm. i don't know if they would hold up in a wash pit either oh man at least those you can kind of throw in a pocket how <laughs> big are your pockets i love that beer what are you <laughs> drinking there man <laughs> so is this is the it's the mix of the the hef and the and the coke oh, it kind of made yeah. like a crater <laughs> no, you it. have a like a root beer float or something oh, wow. what it smells like yeah I'm waiting for it to go down a little bit. Head on that thing. 
Are we still keeping it PG? Look at the head on that thing. <laughs> it was good. You could drink that, Devin. What do you mean I could drink that? that I you don't like you don't like hefs. Oh, true. Right, right, right. Yeah. I don't generally like hefs. The mango <laughs> hefs sounded really good. <laughs> right. That one sounded delicious. <laughs> this one tastes like um the root beer bottles, the wax root beer bottles. Hmm. Okay. Or Coke bottle, but you know those stupid little things. I don't know what you're talking about. I the old candies. You know what I'm talking about, right? It's about the, the, they're like wax bo- pop bottles. They're like old candies. Yeah, and they had like a liquid inside of them. Oh, you're just talking about the this like the airline bottles. What they no, it, it was airline? a candy. It was a candy. Oh, it was no. an old old candy that was. It was they I'm were talking like, the wrong guy on candy. <laughs> <laughs> I just remember because they look like there was little like wax bottles, and you could like bite top off them, and they were full of like stuff. And one of them tasted like old like cola. That's what it tastes huh. like. Hmm. Old candy. So it's like powdery stuff. No, it's liquid. Oh, liquid. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then you chew the wax afterwards, like gum. I'm glad huh. I missed that. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds awful. <laughs> but, man, not bad. I had like enough wax cavities lips. without that crap. Okay. <laughs> All right. It's so, oh, you got though. a Jimmy World on their uh, t-shirt oh, there. Definitely. Yep. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Seen them live a couple times. So. Yeah, yeah, he's got his tongue firmly in cheek. But, yeah, he does. <laughs> there's another one. Yeah, very nice. You know, it feels like there's a lot of bands that are generally tongue in cheek, and then there's a lot of bands that just have a, a little spice to them every once in a while. Um, yeah, and I, I, I feel like I gravitate towards that type of music generally. But I, I think it's the the majority of great rock and roll. It's wittier, you know. It it has yeah. more substance to it. Uh-huh. Yeah, and it it doesn't necessarily mean that it has to make you break out laughing or LOLing, mm-hmm. uh, but it can make you think also. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, one of my favorite singles, and I know you guys know this song, but uh it was written by Mr. Ray Davis. And a lot of people think his name is Davies, but it's actually pronounced Ray Davis from the Kinks. And it's L-O-L-A, Lola. That is one of the greatest pieces of rock satire on the planet. Hmm. I didn't know the song. I know the song, but I didn't know it was satire, though. Oh, really? Yeah, I didn't I didn't realize that. I will have to listen to it again. Because I like the song. Hmm. Yeah, he's... It's definitely satire. Yeah, there's some satire. It's definitely satire. Okay. I will have have to listen to it again. Listen to that song. No, nope. It's nope. I have not just like sat down and listened. I will have to. Yeah, it's very important that you listen to the lyrics. (laughs) It's homework. (laughs) There's nothing better than listening to a song. You're like, man, this is amazing. And then you show it to somebody and they're like looking at you like, what is wrong with you? Because apparently you didn't listen to the lyrics. When there's a line or two wrapped up like a douche in the night, you know, (laughs) (laughs) that happens. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Well, this has been fun, man. So guys, um, what else, what else would you like to get out of my Herbesa? Oh man. There's a lot of anything. Well, as a musician, so like what, what's your, um, 
what's your thoughts on like the the newer like metal like like the heavy heavy stuff like deathcore metalcore like the real real heavy stuff the real real heavy stuff is um i don't know that i have uh I have a strong threshold for uh, odd voices and irregular voices. I mean, some of my favorite singers are weirdos like Tom Waits and Oh yeah. Uh, you know, for example, um, some of the, some of the really hardcore stuff while it's energetic as hell, number one, I, I'm not a big fan of all that double kick, uh, mm. stuff because it just mm -hmm. it sounds like a machine and i kind of i lose the human quality because some of these drummers are so unbelievable that they are literally machines and not really human <laughs> and i know that they're doing it you know yeah. i know that they're humans doing it but it just sounds like machines to me uh it's a style and that's that's all cool the singing though if it's like really just all the time screaming and all that there's not enough variety for me okay but, i mean one of my favorite bands in the last 25 years is system of a down mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. those guys have it all they have the dead kennedy's influence the frank zappa influence they got you know the metallica they got the whole thing going on where uh including melody dynamics and that that uh that satire that cynicism you know and and that's what i love and i love those guys i'm so pissed that they have come out with almost nothing in 20 years i know i know i'm, I'm irritated with that years, whatever yeah it's just it's so yeah. wrong but because i i got into metal like early on uh like with corn like that was probably my introduction to like the new metal scene was I saw Freaksa, yeah, freaking Unleash, yeah, freaking Unleash on MTV back in the day when MTV was actually good. Uh -huh. And I've just, I've loved that genre ever since just because you can get so much emotion out of metal. And a lot of people just think it's, you know, just screamy and angry and why are, you know, you're just so mad about everything. But it's, it's not necessarily the anger that's coming out there. You know, it's all the emotions that you're not really wanting to put out there especially as a man you know you want you want to be as stoic as possible and try to not put on a, a you know black better words weak face when you're doing it so this kind of music like really shoves that out there to where someone's talking about like maybe their breakup or or somebody that you know something happened to them or somebody died and they couldn't physically express those things but this is the only way to do it and i found like that with me playing that heavy stuff that it gets those emotions out so well and you come sure. up with some amazing amazing riffs too sure oh corn's a great band mm -hmm. yeah absolutely um i i also love a lot of marilyn manson uh mm -hmm. same kind of thing where you know it's it's god it's so tongue-in-cheek it's ridiculous um uh, but but then again you know it keeps you engaged yeah. It keeps me engaged anyway. <laughs> I can mm -hmm. speak for everyone else. But uh, yeah, there, there's so many great acts out there. Um, you know, and and even like the the whole blast of of punk pop bands, I call them punk pop bands. Mm -hmm. um, 
say that 50 times fast after a few beers. Uh, you know, like, like our, our local Blink-182, you know, Tom's a friend of mine. I, I love him to death and, and um, I'm glad he's back with the band. It's obviously important to the fans because they're just blowing it up now that he's back. It's kind of nuts. Um, but I mean, I, I always love that kind of thing. You know, Green Day. Um, you know, who else is doing that kind of thing? I mean, you know, Dexter with uh, the offspring is one of the greatest rock satirists songwriters in years. I mean, I think, um, hmm. yeah, there, there's a lot of good talent out there and it's just all, all across the board as far as, you know, style and all that. Um, yeah. I, I, I think, you know, a lot of, a lot of older cats, they think, Oh man, rock's dead. Oh boy. Yeah, rock is no. far from dead. Yeah. You got you got a lot of stuff coming up. You just have to open your mind and and just get into it and and uh and just realize what's going on. Um are you guys familiar with a band called I don't know how but they found me? No. No, I don't know that Check one. Check them out. Oh my lord. How but they found me. I don't know how but they found me. You heard it here first. Man. Yeah, they've been around for a few years. Um, Dallin, the lead singer, bass player played for a short period of time with panic at the disco. Oh, but, but he wasn't the lead singer, but he's a hell of a lead singer. And it's basically him and his drummer friend, and they do all the vocals and all the instruments. And then they tour with, you know, additional musicians, but they are a hell of an act. They have a lot of queen influence. I mean, Freddie Mercury is one of the great satirists in my opinion, in mm -hmm. rock music. Um, so they have a, a lot of, a lot of that going on, a lot of sparks. Um, you know, I, I just love all that stuff from the seventies. Well, mm -hmm. I, I think it's also interesting, you know, you were talking about how a lot of people say like rock is dead and, but all these bands that people are listening to are so heavily influenced by these great bands, these rock satirists that had that that real quality behind their lyrics. And um, I mean, it, they influence everything we listen to now. They have such yeah. a heavy hand in it. So whether or not it's, you know, they're listening to it currently, they have it flavored what whatever whatever people are listening to now, you know? Yeah, it's all connected for sure. Yeah. And if people can, can listen to a band like... Uh, I don't know how, but they found me and they go, wow, his influence was Freddie Mercury. If, if they're living under a rock and they don't know who Freddie Mercury is, <laughs> then they can go check them out. I mean, it's all good. I mean, a lot of people, even in the eighties, there were some people that didn't, they thought that uh, you really got me was uh, an original song by Van Halen. <laughs> Jeez, Louise, you know, these things are meant to be for you to wake up, go check out the original band and expand your musical palette and, 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 uh, listening world in general. Right. Especially when we have it all on our phones, you know? Yeah. It's, there should be yeah, no reason have, why you're not at least trying to dig for it. So. Exactly. We all have <laughs> pocket computers for crap's sake. With the do world's library of music. Do a search. <laughs> you know how to do a search. You know, if you don't have a, if you don't know how to do a search, 
you need to get a jitterbug. <laughs> so uh, what is Spud Davenport listening to other than his own music, like currently? Like, I, what have you listened to re- more recently even? like? Okay, I only listen to my own music. I'm sorry, but I only <laughs> listen to my own music. A purist. When, I, when I'm mixing it, when I'm mastering it, okay. when I'm okay. doing a music video, otherwise, F it. Uh, uh what what am i listening listening to right now okay uh um, little playlist maybe that we could uh a small one a small little sampler of what well somebody that i just uh i lost touch with um well i mean i never knew the guy but i mean i i lost touch with his music but he came around recently because he had a song and a tv commercial is reckless eric so I just bought his uh, what's called Greatest Stiffs because he was on Stiff Records, which a lot of early punk bands were on. And uh, I, I mm. think that's where Elvis Costello started. Um, okay. So, he, yeah, Reckless Eric, uh, he, he's a gem. Um, there's a really cool record that not all of it's fantastic, but it's the new one by Todd Rundgren. It's called Space Force. Todd Rundgren, I loved growing up because he did his he did his best music when I was a kid, in my opinion. But um, but he's a super talented dude, and on this record he does uh, recordings with other artists together. So he's got he's got one tune he does with Thomas Dolby, which is awesome. Um, uh, he's got one with uh, Rivers Cuomo from Weezer, and he. I mean, there's just so many, like half the album is really good. It's called Space Force by Todd Rundgren. So I'd recommend that one at least okay. halfway. Um, and looking around my studio. I, I like the new uh, Pretenders too, because I'm a big Chrissy, Chrissy Hine fan. Okay. I'd put that in there. I mean, talk about a an American rock satirist, Chrissy Hind, one of the top five in America. Hmm. At least female. At least female. <laughs> put that in there as a little disclaimer. I mean, Debbie Harry's pretty good too. Yeah, I mean, there's a few. Yeah, Grace Slick. Yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah. But, um, and like I said, uh, I don't know how, but they found me great band. Yep. There's a, a really good band that I follow, uh, called seven horse. They're Los Angeles band. Okay. Uh, two guys who used to be in that band, Dada, that did, um, I'm going to Disneyland, the big hit in the early nineties. I don't know if you remember that hit. I don't. I'm going to Disneyland. Yes. I haven't thought about that in a long time. I've heard that one before. Yeah, so the the two of those guys uh, formed this band, Seven Horse. They got a lot of really good, really good tunes. Went up and saw a showcase of theirs up in, at the Roxy in Hollywood just a couple of weeks ago. So mm. yeah, those those are good bands. Those are ones that I'd put money behind okay. if I was a music buyer. But more importantly, come on, songs for the cynical coming January twenty seventh. Absolutely. Uh, mm-hmm. Even more importantly, 
Home for the headache. Out now. Out now. Listen to it now. And go go listen. Go to it. You should have now. You should have stopped the podcast and went and listened to it right as soon as we talked about it. So stop it now and go listen to it, and then come right back and finish it off here. That's right. Go find it. It's on Amazon and it's on iTunes and it's ninety nine cents for Christ's sake. If you can't spend ninety nine cents to support local independent artists, you're dead to me. <laughs> well, that, that's uh, uh, I think we'll I think we'll end on that one. That's the perfect ending of that. <laughs> I was going to say the same you thing. You cannot support <laughs> local music for ninety nine cents. <laughs> but Davenport said it best. Yeah, uh, we don't want to end on death. I don't wish death no. on anyone. <laughs> no, I just but, want everybody to enjoy every sandwich. That's really what it's about. Yeah. Well, and I'm looking forward to on on the 27th to enjoy every sandwich. Awesome. You well, guys have been you. great, man. Yeah. Thanks for uh, being on with us. We really appreciate it. Um, we've loved having you. It was it was awesome to spend the past couple weeks delving deep into your catalog uh, i love you have a lot for it <laughs> <laughs> yeah he needs to come back on the podcast yeah, yes okay. yeah and, and, and we'll get you we'll get you up here at, we'll get you to olympia and have you play at wild man on your next tour that we'll, would be we'll, awesome. we'll make that work and we'll, we'll so love that then we'll sit down in person with you yeah that'd be right. awesome share a beer with you or well you're hopefully you'll, my hair will grow back by then because i gotta tell you I've had long hair for a long time. You'll see it in my videos, the videos that we just wrapped up Wednesday. But today I went and got my hair cut because it was bugging the crap out of me. And it, the lady came at me with a like a, a head shear or something. It like, <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, it was, it was kind of crazy. I, I was bobbing and weaving. and It looked um, a little different than some of your pictures. I was a little concerned when you came on. I yeah. was like, is this guy a real yeah, rocker? I don't know. Like, yeah. what happened to my hair? <laughs> I told her to take off two and a half inches. Well, yeah, she thinks her husband is nine inches. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, thank you again for being here with us, bud. Hey, my uh, pleasure. You know, we again, we, lo- we loved your music and we're going to be listening to it even more. We're going to put all the descriptions for everything or all the descriptions, all the links for everything down in the description. Follow him on all the socials, uh, your, your Twitter, Instagram, everything. Yeah, I'm the only Spud Davenport on the Internet. So you just go Sweet. Spud Davenport, Google, boom. It's a very recognizable picture to you on Twitter. And to wrap this up, no one knows what that moniker means, huh? I, I don't have it. I'm sorry. I, I don't either. Okay. Well, let your let your uh, uh, audience think about it and get back to me. Okay. All right. We'll, 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 hang we'll see if anybody gets it by next week. All right. Sounds if good. Not, if not, we'll just keep thinking about it and see if anybody gets it. Yeah. <laughs> Why give it up now? Exactly. All right, guys. Uh, thanks again. Thank you again. You have a good night. It's been a blast. Yeah. All right, everybody. Bye. Bye. Enjoy every IPA. <laughs> That's the tagline. <laughs> yep. yep. Bye.
Beers Per Minute has been presented by Stupid Mythic Forest. New episodes come out on Wednesday at 8 a.m. Don't forget to rate and subscribe so you never miss a thing. Stupid.